0: Hello and a very warm welcome to Baggers Now, as every Friday, it's my pleasure to welcome you and to guests to discuss today the Swiss equity markets. And here with me are Thomas Christen. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Aurelia. And Martina Attica. Hi, Martina. Hello. Hi. Welcome for the first time. New to the podcast. Hi. Thank you. (laughs) But we will start with you, Thomas. What um, can you tell us? Give us a bit of an orientation. We're going to talk about Swissness, about Switzerland. You want to dive
1: right in? Yeah, sure. Um, We were here two weeks ago talking about the earnings season and of course also here in Switzerland the companies have uh, started to report their um, numbers. So if we take the current situation into account, the ongoing reporting season once again shows that we have companies with excellent quality here in Switzerland and this is ranging from cyclical to, d- to defensive companies. So the whole spectrum is represented and you can see this time too uh, how efficiently the companies deal with crisis. Mm-hmm. And Swiss stocks are characterized by extremely robust and adaptable business models with a global presence. Over and over again, local companies have to adapt to new circumstances while keeping costs under control. Uh, One remembers the lifting um, Euro exchange rate floor from 120 in 2015, but also, of course, the Corona pandemic, uh, which which, uh, shocked the corporate landscape last year. Mm. As an export oriented country with a strong currency, Switzerland is also very dependent on exogenous factors outside the country and must constantly try to keep up with global competition. Mm. And in that regard, to be competitive, quality, innovation, and entrepreneurship must be lived every day and in company of all sizes.
0: Right. So that sort of gives the impression that Switzerland as a whole is, of course, very successful and that we've got strong business models and strong businesses here. Why is that so particularly noteworthy? Why are we so successful?
1: Sure, that, uh, I mean, Switzerland is a small country, but um, there are many factors uh, which interact here. And um, so let us give you some examples. Yes. On the one hand, uh, there is the Swiss made quality seal. Swiss companies enjoy an excellent international reputation in terms of quality, whether watches, chocolate, precision instruments and machines for the industrial sector, but also chemicals or pharmaceutical products, as well as the financial sector, of course, with its banks and insurance companies, they all have an excellent um, reputation and an extremely strong uh, market position too. Another important point is the high quality of life and social security in Switzerland. We have a flexible and functioning labor market as well as an extremely good education system which allows various educational paths across all industrial sectors. In addition, productivity is also very high compared to other European countries and a lot of money is invested in research, development and also innovation. And here too, Switzerland is is a world leader. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, the security. Uh, We enjoy a very high standard of living in this small country. We have a direct democracy as well as a strong and transparent uh, government. This uh, results in a stable link between civil society and the economy. And this, of course, is in comparison to emerging countries um, where state interventions in the private sector has become an issue again in the short past. Uh, causing uh, massive damage in some cases. Uh, we all heard it, There is uh, cases in China, for example. And um, here is uh, Switzerland much better positioned. But back to businesses. A uh, central and just as important point when talking about entrepreneurship in Switzerland is family businesses. Here I would love to pass that subject to Martina which uh, explains you some exciting details.
2: All right. Yeah. Uh, as Thomas already mentioned at the beginning, there are all kinds of characteristics in the Swiss stock market, and yeah, we like to have a closer look at the family-owned businesses. So for Switzerland, these businesses are particularly important because uh, approximately about 88% of all Swiss SMEs are family-owned, and Yeah, and to put that a bit into perspective, that corresponds um, for roughly 275,000 companies, which in an international comparison is quite a high proportion. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite impressive, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But first of all, uh, of course, what exactly is a family-owned business? What defines it as such? So a family-owned business is some is a company or or a business that is significantly influenced by a family or also a group of owners who directly or also indirectly hold twenty percent of voting rights. Mm-hmm. So, for example, it could also happen that two founders, without a, some family relationship. Together hold more than twenty percent of the votes, and that could also be considered a family-owned business. Hmm. So the the borders are not so strict there. Got it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, however, it hardly matters how far the special voting rights of the owners go. And here I would like to remind um, of the example of Sika. Uh, in two thousand and fourteen, a dispute erupted over the future of Sika. So the Swiss specialty chemicals manufacturer had been owned by a family for over 104 years. Mm. And yeah, and in the fourth generation of the founding family, or the, the founding family quietly sold its majority voting stake to, to Saint-Gobain, the, the competitor. Yeah. And... Uh, Resistance arose from the board of directors, from the management. A long dispute followed. Well, in the end, the takeover did not take place. All legal stuff uh, was discontinued, so that was good. But why I want to point this example out is that um, it it just shows how already developed this company was. Right, yeah. and, and all this turmoil around it just... Did not really influence profits or the share value throughout yeah. all this time. So, I think probably Sika is here rather the exception um, in in the market. But uh, nevertheless, I think it's a noteworthy example. Of Absolutely. Just to to demonstrate. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, on closer examination, um, one sees that these companies turn out to be very successful the family-owned companies, that they are pursuing a strategy of long-term and sustainable growth. Mm -hmm. And more often than expected, they also face similar challenges um, as global companies. What could some of these challenges be? Well, of course, family-owned businesses also face completely different challenges, such as, for example, maintaining the independence or also succession planning. There are also corporate governance issues, uh, for example, if they they don't have some external input, right, uh, or, or and other risks, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah,
0: Martina, since we are a bank that is uh, pretty noteworthy in its ownership structure, right? We are owned by primarily entrepreneurs, actually, from Switzerland and from Germany, and you know m- most of them family entrepreneurs. Um, not only because of that connection, but also because I just think it's. Quite interesting. Absolutely. Are these <laughs> are these family businesses? Um, what's sort of their significance for the stock market in Switzerland?
2: Yeah, they, a, a study from EY confirms that family-owned companies on the Swiss stock market enjoy above-average success. Mm-hmm. And um in Switzerland, approximately 30 percent of the 20 largest listed companies are family owned. and in a global comparison, this is also quite significant, but uh, yeah it's also in the in the in the range. and a very important characteristic and or feature of family-owned businesses is their long-term business policy mm-hmm. And here too, studies show, that the profits of family-owned businesses are more stable and profitable than those of non-family businesses. Mm -hmm. And the same study of EY also shows that share prices behave in exactly the opposite way. So this means that in shrinking stock markets, the shares of family-owned businesses seem to lose at least the same amount of Mm. value as uh, non-family businesses, but uh, they gain more in value in growing market. That's also an r- interesting uh, yeah, feature. Mm-hmm. And Martina, uh, judging from your perspective,
0: what would you say are some of the reasons why Swiss family entrepreneurship is so successful on the stock market?
2: Well, first of all, mm, it should also be noted that the commitment of families is so strongly linked to the company, not only financially, but also personally, of course, mm, because... Yeah. Uh, yeah, f- sometimes there is like no alternative uh, to, to working outside of the own company because on average around s- s- 69 percentages of family assets are invested in the company. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, mm-hmm. of course, a bounding factor. And uh, I'm just thinking now of the example of Roche. So Thomas, perhaps you would like to say something here.
1: Yes, sure. Uh, Roche is definitely uh, the perfect example here when we talk uh, about family-owned uh, companies. Then with a s- market capitalization of around 310 billion Swiss francs and more than 100,000 employees, it is one of the largest pharmaceutical company in the world and has been family-owned since its foundation in 1896. Over several generations, the company founded by Fritz Hofmann-Laroche uh, has developed into a global pharmaceutical group and impresses with the previously mentioned uh, quality attributes. Uh, also, in this earnings season now, uh, we saw very strong numbers and uh, yeah, over the last few de- decades, the company just grew like uh, yeah, in a very positive way
2: yeah exactly so to summarize again the the long term business strategy must take this of course into account and it must not threaten the investment and thus a large part of the family's assets so yeah but but moreover of course um, the long term commitment of family's capital to the business has also a significant impact on the investment risk as such because um the long time horizon of one to several generations does not demand a maximum return mm. or 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 on every investment or or on every innovation within a certain amount of years mm-hmm. as oftentimes you see this uh, especially in manager led businesses and uh, yeah, the, this long holding period, of course, ensures that the average annual risk decreases disproportionately over time. The decreasing average risk in with increasing holding period in turn has an influence on the cost of capital. And um, of course if their annual risk decreases the return on the capital invested may also be lower, which makes it possible again for family-owned businesses to bear higher risks. And um, this makes investments that, or they, they, they will go into investments that businesses with anonymous financial investors would not be able to undertake. And that peculiarity, is also reflected in sectors in which family-owned businesses are very successful. And here, I'm thinking of the example of some cyclical industries, for example, uh, as raw materials. So uh, with Holzim, for example, the Schmidt-Heine family has had a decisive influence on the Swiss cement business Mm -hmm. for generations. Mm -hmm. And early on, the company expanded abroad and in the third generation, under the leadership of Thomas Schmidheiny, Holtzim also expanded into promising growth markets, such as uh, Eastern Europe, China, India, Southeast, Asi- Southeast Asia. And considering the circumstances back then, I think this is a very oh, those, those are very brave steps uh, in these regions. And they reflect exactly what I had mentioned earlier. So, um, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Martina. That is such an interesting perspective. And those insights, I think, are very valuable. Thomas, before I let you guys go, can you just give me a bit of a summary of of, uh, your stance on this subject?
1: Yeah, sure. The quality criteria mentioned, as well as the solid Swiss companies, also make it interesting for long-term investors to place part of their assets in the Swiss equity market. Over the long term, and here I'm talking about a time horizon of the last 25 years, one would have earned decent returns of between 8 and 11% per annum with Swiss equities Hmm. in the small, mid, but also the large-cap segment Mm -hmm. and over the aforementioned time horizon of 25 years, this corresponds to a tenfold increase in invested capital. Mm -hmm. And what is our outlook for the next 10 to 15 years? We believe even at this point in time that with high dividend paying and innovative companies solid balance sheets, and market leadership in their respective sectors, local companies should be an important part of the portfolio. And as a conclusion, we still like Swiss and especially family-owned companies in this actual environment and further have them uh, on our high-conviction list and also, of course, in our reference portfolios. Mm
0: Awesome. Thank you, you guys. That was really insightful. I uh, did not have such a close look at family entrepreneurship in Switzerland ever, I don't think. So thank you very much for for sharing all these insights.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, thank you. And we thank you, as always, very much for listening. We wish you a beautiful Friday and a delightful weekend. We hope the sun comes out in Zurich finally. We're looking forward to next week when we're back here with more from Bergos. now. Bye-bye.